Thank you for checking out the Life Church Utah podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. If you'd like to give to Life Church, you can do so by texting the word LC Give to 43506. And now, a message from one of our pastors. So life, life um, has ups and downs, right? Uh, have you ever experienced some ups and downs in life and difficult moments? Um, and as we go about life, uh, we have a tendency to pick up things uh, from around us. Uh, pick up attitudes. Anybody have good attitudes? Maybe anybody have bad attitudes you picked up, right? If you pick up bad attitudes, uh, sometimes we pick up bad financial habits uh, from parents. Uh, sometimes we pick them up from our friends. Uh, there, are, there are times when we pick up shame from the world around us. We pick up guilt uh, from the world around us. And if, if this backpack is our life, um, what begins happening is... Uh, this backpack starts to get pretty heavy. And so we go about life and, and we continue to pick up all of this stuff in our life. And sometimes we don't even know why we're picking it up, but we pick it up because other people around us are picking up all of this other stuff. Maybe it's addictions, right? And we pick, sorry, we pick these things up and it starts to get really heavy. This is genuinely heavy, folks. We pick all this stuff up in our life and we wonder why we are burdened down. Hopefully these things don't rip out. We wonder why we are burdened down and feel overwhelmed in life. Anybody feel overwhelmed with life here at Life Church today, right? We feel it. I, I, I think that it's part of our culture that, that welcomes and embraces this. And in fact, sometimes we feel like we have to, if we're like fully engaged with culture, we have to be carrying the baggage of culture around us. Maybe some of the things we pick up are bad eating habits. Some of them might be sinful habits that we saw modeled for us in family members or friends. We pick them up, the shame, the guilt. We see others doing this, and it feels normal, and so we pick it up. We see other people ranting on social media, and so we take our opportunity to do the same thing. It all adds up, and we carry this, trying to juggle all of it <laughs> and have it make sense in our life. But for each activity or each responsibility, these things that we pick up, are we asking the right questions about picking them up? Do we just pick them up without thinking or are we starting to, to ask the right questions about why am I doing this? Why, why am I allowing myself to carry so much of this? A couple of good questions for us in this is, if I keep doing this, if I keep picking this up and holding on to it, what will my story be? What story will I be telling about myself? And then the follow-up question is, is that what I want my story to be? The story carrying all this stuff. So part of becoming a mature adult, I'm going to put this down because it is actually genuinely very heavy. Um, part of becoming an adult, I don't know if you know this or not, is uh, understanding that you're responsible for your decisions. How many of you remember being like in junior high and not feeling responsible for your decision? Just make a decision, the fact that we have to take responsibility for our actions. Otherwise, we learn excuses and scapegoats. And so how has our life changed if we, if we pick this stuff up and are we asking the right questions? Um, back in 1993, uh, something radically changed my life. Just this incredible moment in my life totally changed uh, my perspective on life. And uh, something genuinely moved me, and this is it. 
Ah, yes. <laughs> Jurassic Park, the first movie, when it came out, I mean, it was amazing. And I remember going to Jurassic Park with Shelly, and uh, I, I cried in the movie Jurassic Park. It's, it's an emotional movie. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of really great moments in the thing, but I cry. I'm a, I mean, you guys know that. I'm a crybaby, right? And so I cried, and, but it might not be in the point that you think I should have cried. Because when I was a kid growing up, I loved dinosaurs, right? I mean, that was just part of who I was. I wanted to go find fossils and figure out all. I mean, I wanted to do that. And so in this one particular scene in the movie, and by this has nothing to do with the message, but I just have to share it with you. Um, this one particular scene, this shows up, and the first time I saw the brontosaurus or whatever that thing is, I looked over to Shelly, and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, crying. And she's like, you're a freak. Something is really wrong with you. You're crying at a made-up thing. I'm like, this is so beautiful. I love dinosaurs. But anyway, it has nothing to do with anything today. But in the movie, there is this, this really great moment that happens when a, uh, uh, Ian Malcolm, or I can't remember his name for sure, but it's uh, the, the, the character played by Jeff Goldblum. He's a chaos theoretician in there, and he's been brought into the Jurassic Park to ask some hard questions about whether or not, you know, w- what's going on in the park, and should they be doing all these things, and asking a different sort of question. And uh, what I want to do is I want to show you this, uh, this clip, because at the end of it, I think we're going to be confronted with this, this idea and this question that's going to help us today. So go ahead and turn your attention to the screen. Um, I'll tell you the problem with the scientific power that you're, that you're using here. Uh, it didn't require any discipline to attain it. You know, you read what others had done, and you, and you took the next step. You didn't earn the knowledge for yourselves, so you don't take any responsibility for it. You stood on the shoulders of geniuses uh, to accomplish something as fast as you could, and before you even knew what you had, you, you patented it and packaged it and slapped it on a plastic lunchbox, and now you're selling it. You want to sell it. Well, I, I don't think you're giving us our due credit. Our scientists have done things which nobody's ever done before. Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. All right. So preoccupied with, with whether they could, they didn't think about whether they should, right? And I think about that when it comes to things like this in our life. We can pick up lots of things around us, pick up all those habits and all those things, but we never stop to think, should we? Should we pick this up? So today is going to be talking about this idea of should we? Um, we get caught in the same trap, don't we, in our life? We get caught without thinking and we grab a hold of what the culture is saying we should, right? We should hold, grab a hold of and we never ask from a perspective of our faith in Christ should we carry these things. The trap is set. We're weighed down by our decisions. We feel overwhelmed because we are. We find ourselves in a position of vulnerability and we don't feel we can go any further. So what are we to do? How do we start taking steps uh, towards all of this starting to make sense. Uh, in the Bible, I think that we, we have something called wisdom. And uh, there's a great scripture verse in Ephesians chapter 5, beginning at verse 15. And it says this. Looks like we lost our screen. Oh, there it is. Okay. Um, verse, chapter, chapter 5, verse 15. It says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil making the best use of time. That's what wisdom says we should make the best use of time. 
Oh, I don't have my phone on me. Can you throw my phone to me, sweetie? Throw it. There we go. Boom. There we go. Look at that. My wife's a great throw, right? Okay. So how many of you have a game by which you waste time? Come on, be honest. Throw, show those hands proudly. I play, I mean, the old one was, uh, what was Candy Crush from like years ago? Angry Birds trying to make a re revival here. I don't know, know what the current game is. But there are Disney games. There are all these things. And we wonder why we don't have time to do anything in our life because we have spent it here. Now, the funny thing was, as I was uh, um, thinking about this in my own life, uh, we had our neighbors over this uh, on, sun, or on Saturday, not on today, Sunday. We had our neighbors over yesterday and just trying to get to know our neighbors and things like that. And we had gotten our house all clean and beautiful and, and it was all ready to go or so I thought. And so I sit down on the couch and what did I find myself mindlessly doing? I'm playing my game, it's a, it's a, uh, it was a motorcycle game and uh, trials or something like that. And I'm playing, I really enjoy it, it's fun and I'm getting points and I'm excited about that and I realize I'm completely wasting my time and my life in this moment. Surely there's something better I can do. And so last night, being convicted, knowing what I was gonna be speaking about today, I got rid of that game off of my phone. So anyway, um, so look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Or from this proverb, Proverbs 19.8, the one who gets wisdom, by the way, you just clapped for me, and yet you still have those games on your, but anyway, okay. Um, <laughs> you're like, you can feel the pain, but I, you know, okay. Uh, the one who gets wisdom loves life. The one who cherishes understanding will soon prosper. You recognize the prosperity of life is tied directly to wisdom, right? We, we need God's wisdom in our life in order for us to prosper. So we're responsible for our decisions and about the life we want to live, right? That's what wisdom does. Wisdom gives us these guardrails by which we live our life. Wisdom is God's navigational tool for helping us make decisions about the life we want to live. So last week, we talked about starting something new whatever that was. And I, and I hope and trust that when you left from here uh, last Sunday, that as you made your way home out into the parking lot, A, you remembered it at least that far, <laughs> what you had said that you were going to start. And then secondly, by, by the time you get to Monday or Tuesday, um, that you were able to continue working down that road of starting something new in your life so that you can change the story that's currently being written about your life. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands who's done that, but I can ask for a show of hands. Who has found that more difficult than you thought it would be, <laughs> right? It's difficult to start something new because our life is so full, right? So, but wisdom would also help us navigating the struggle we have when we picked up some things that are not helpful in our life. Wisdom will help us begin to drop those things off. Sometimes they're sinful, Right? Habits that, that push us away from who God is, that push us away from the story that God wants us to have. Because sin can entangle us, and we often willingly pick it up, don't we? Because it feels so right and good in the moment. We're pressured, we're stressed out, we want to take the easy road because, man, it just feels okay in this moment. And sin can entangle us. We want control or power over another, and so we take it. 
Some of the things we pick up are not necessarily uh, uh, sinful per se, but they become distractions away from the things that God, uh, away from the best things that God has for us. If I keep doing this, whatever it is, what story will I be telling? And is that the story that I want told about my life? So today, instead of starting something, we're going to be stopping something. I need to stop something in my life. You go about your life daily to work for students. You head to school, right? And, and uh, man, the pressures are on in the moment of school. You're with all of your friends. And how do you act in that moment when you're surrounded by friends, when you've made a commitment here on a Sunday morning to act a certain way you get with everybody else? And can you act the way you're supposed to? Can you do the things you're supposed to do? And it's not only, uh, not only kids, but it's parents as well. You head off to work, and there are times when, in the course of life, some of the decisions you need to make, God says, just stop. Now, I know in Utah, this is just a suggestion. It's not a rule. <laughs> All right, I've seen some of you, <laughs> right? But here it is. God is asking us to Stop. To stop. Maybe a former boyfriend or girlfriend has reached out again on Facebook. And it feels really good to be wanted. Maybe a, a coworker texts you innocently, right? But you know there's something behind it. In the back of your mind, you start justifying your response to them because, you know, it's kind of been rough at home lately, and so it's okay if I respond, but all the while you know in your heart that this is going to lead somewhere. In the moment, you're okay with it, so you don't stop. Maybe you want to look over at your friend's test <laughs> that's being taken right next to you because they're the good student, and you feel like you struggle all the time. Maybe you're adding to your plate some good things, maybe helping others, that friend, that friend that always needs that help, but you're already feeling overwhelmed. Like, I, I can't pick up another thing, but I just can't help myself, so I do it. So one of the best decisions that we can make when feeling an impulse or facing high-stakes dilemma is simply to do this, to stop. To allow ourselves a moment to breathe, allow ourselves for, for a moment to say, Jesus, what, what would you do in this moment? Because, God, I've got to stop. So every time now when you are driving, when I'm praying, is that when you see a stop sign, and by the way, if this is missing from your neighborhood, I'm really sorry. Um, <laughs> not, not really, not really, not really. <laughs> but if you're driving and you see a stop sign, when you stop, what I am believing is that this message is going to come back to you and you're going to say, yes, I remember I need to stop. Because there are a lot of stop signs around. Right? And there are stop signs in our hearts that are telling us to stop, but sometimes we roll right through those because we think, it's okay. I can get away with it this time. This isn't the time that I'm going to fall. If I keep doing blank, if I keep doing whatever it is I'm doing, what, will, what story will I be telling? And is that the story or is that what I want my story to be? Because we feel the sense of being overwhelmed by all the stuff that we've picked up. I talked to a couple of uh, couple of people for volunteers. Can you guys come on up real quick? And Pastor John, come on up. And, and we have a special guest with us today, Adam. 
Um, Adam is going to be helping us out here, kind of illustrate a couple of things here as we, um, as we start to wrestle with uh, this idea of what should, we, what should we pick up, what should we put down, how do we kind of handle all of this. And uh, so, yeah, so here we go. Some of you, this is how you're going to feel. Right, there we go. Some of you are one plate kind of people, very good. Some of you are one plate kind of people, like I got one plate spinning, this is good, this is great, I can handle this. Oh, he's got to go back to that, okay. You ever feel that before you get the plate spinning and you turn around and you got to do the next one? There it is, very nice. That one's going very good, look at that, nice. Thank you, Wells family, look at that, good. We got two going. Three now, okay, good, so Adam's very, oh, you got to go back to there, get it going. Right, so we feel this, don't we, right? We, we, we get one plate spinning and we're going, this is great, I've got this. So we add another one to it. But what happens, we've got to keep the first two going. Now Pastor John is in on the mix here trying to keep his thing going. All right, good. Now the problem is Adam's keeping those plates going, but he's got one more plate that's his responsibility. So Adam, dude, you've got to get your responsibility. There we go. So nope, okay, he's got to go back, right? So we feel this pressure as it's rising in our life all of the time. Let's see. Keep it going. Adam, don't forget yours. He's got to go back to keep that thing going, right? How many of you feel this way, right? You feel like I've got all these plates spinning, Lord, help me, Jesus. All right, good. He's got his responsibility. He's a parent. There it is. Okay, good. But if he stops for too long, thank you so much, Adam. Oh. And let's thank our volunteers, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And by the way, it took a tremendous talent for those folks to hold the stick there. So that was great. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> Trying to do too many things. It's a part of our culture. And in Exodus chapter 18, we run, a, we run across a story that I think is going to help us. There's this guy by the name of Moses. And uh, Moses is the leader of Israel at this time. He had just uh, led the nation of Israel really under the power of God out of Egypt. They'd escaped. We, we find this all kind of lining up here in the book of Exodus. And so Moses is leading the nation of Israel. He gets some responsibility in his life. There you go. So he's got one responsibility at this point to lead the nation of Israel out. And so he's able to juggle this ball. And for all of us, I think we're going, yeah, I can, I can take care of one responsibility. The problem is the responsibilities keep coming. And so now he's leading about two to three million people out of the nation, or out of the nation of Egypt, trying to find his way uh, into there. He's getting fancy with his responsibilities. I like that. <laughs> and so then, as he's leading them, he's got his third one. Good job. All right. So Moses is doing great. Listen to the story as I have Adam juggle right here with this uh, next like 20 minutes. It's going to be great, Adam. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> Exodus 18. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. Morning till evening, that's a long time. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you're doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered him, ready for this? Because the people come to me to seek God's will, all right? All right, people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it's brought to me, and I decide between the parties to inform them of God's decrees and instructions. I am important, all right? You ready, Adam? Can you do that one right there? Just do the four again. I haven't seen you do it yet, so there you go. Okay, good, all right. So he, so he is, with some effort, able to do the four right there. The problem is 
the responsibilities keep coming. Here we go. Can you do five? Let's see that right there. <laughs> oh, man. He's got it. Oh, my word. That's awesome. Okay. So Jethro is looking there. Moses' father-in-law replied. Moses is feeling pretty important about his life, isn't he? He's feeling like, this is great. He said, what you're doing <laughs> is not good. All right, so we got six here. This is a tough one here, Adam, right? Six. <laughs> okay. So at some point, Adam, thank you so much. Let's give Adam a hand. Thank you. So at some point, trying to juggle all of this is not good. And some of you need to hear that. It's not good. This is, this is in no way pleasing to the Lord because here's what happens. It says, um, what you're doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. That's it. Picking up all of this stuff, trying to juggle all of it, trying to keep all the plates spinning, it's only going to wear you out. It's going to wear the people out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. There's no way you can do this. Whether it's outright sinful activity, whether it's those benign things that you have picked up through time because you want to feel important to the people around you and you keep adding that to your life. So Jethro encourages Moses to gather people and leaders around him. He says, that will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and then all these people will go home satisfied. What happens when we carry all of this is no one is happy. No one is happy. And our lives are filled with all the stuff that distract us from the story that God wants to tell in our life. The great thing was is it wasn't that Moses did more. He did less. He did less and that was pleasing to God. And again, some of you need to hear that today because you have been carrying your loads and other people's loads and other people's loads on your back thinking that you are the only one that can do this. When I think God wants to come alongside of you and say, here, let me help you carry this. So a great question is, what is the cost of not stopping? What's the cost in your life of not stopping? If you don't stop responding on Facebook to the person reaching out to you, an affair may ensue. If you don't stop staying up after your family's gone to bed, surfing the internet, what's going to happen? Potentially addiction to pornography. If you don't stop having that attitude toward the other, what's going to happen? A broken relationship. If you don't stop a marriage breaks apart. If you don't stop pressures for you as a parent towards your children or toward from parents or from your children towards parents. If we don't stop. And invite Stephen to come on back up here as we uh, close out here in the next, next few minutes. So the book of Hebrews may help us here. 
Um, Hebrews chapter 11 is a, great pa- is a great chapter, and it talks about uh, these people of faith. You've got all the way back from, you know, from Adam and Abraham and uh, the creation of the world and uh, going up through David and other incredible leaders. And this is like the, the, the hall of faith, so to speak, that, that these folks have all done incredible things in their lives, and God was blessing them and encouraging them. So many powerful things. What's their secret? Right? Because that, that becomes the thing. We, we, we go to seminars to find out the secret to productivity or all of that. So the author, he writes this right, right after that in, in Hebrews chapter 12, beginning of verse 1. It says, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, all these who've gone before us who have shown the way. Some of you might have uh, grandparents that have kind of shown the way for you. This, they're, they're the witnesses that are surrounding you, cheering you on, and that's what this is. Since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also, so that word there also means that this is what these folks of faith did. Let us also, let, let us also do the same thing that they did. And what did they do? They lay aside every encumbrance and the sin that so easily entangles us. There's two parts there. Laid aside the encumbrances. That's, to me, that's just the distractions of life. Those are the burdens that we choose to pick up that feel really great to pick up because somebody needed us to or we felt like we wanted to and we pick that up, but we never let it go and it adds on to the weight of our life and we get bogged down. And he also says there are sinful things we pick up. And it says the sinful things are that we easily are entangled into. That's that sinful nature, right, that we live with that, that is just there that gets ugly from time to time. And we pick up those things. So the author of this is saying, we need to lay these things aside. We need to take them off. We need to unload. He says, when we do that, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. We've been singing about that today. Endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's our ultimate example, is Jesus Christ. And then we have all of these other faithful folks who laid aside these encumbrances and laid aside the sin that's easily entangled. So what is the one thing that's restricting you? What's the one thing hindering the story that you want to tell? Lay it aside. It's translations that say, throw it off. Get rid of it. What would it be if we were to start unloading some of these things out of our life? What would it be if we would uh, be okay with letting go of some of the burdens that we have picked up over time, the bad habits, the things we witness from parents, the stuff in our culture that's so easy to grab a hold of? What if we started letting go of that. And what happened is our burden becomes far less. And I love it that Jesus, right, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. What does he say after that? I, I will carry. And we, how many of you need Jesus to carry some of the stuff that we've got going on in our life, Right? 
So how do I stop? How do I do this? <laughs> um, there's not like a one, two, three, and then all of it's done in your life. That's pie in the sky. I would love it if that was the case. <laughs> I would love it if it was, if you do A, B, and C, then you will be free forever, right? From all these addictions and all the problems in our life. But just a couple of things up to how we tell a different story of our life. So question, do you have a, some habit, a mindset, an addiction, an attitude, a thought process, something in your life that's hijacking the story that you want to tell? Here are four relatively simple things that we can engage in. Number one is evaluate your life. Take a true look at where your life is now. Where's your marriage? How are your children? How are your parents? What's my free time look like? How am I handling the pressure? Really, truly evaluate your life. What's consuming you? Where's Jesus in my life? And as you do that, the second step is really going to naturally fl flow from this because I, if it's anything like my own life, when I evaluate my life, I recognize that there are some shortcomings in my life and I've got to ask for forgiveness because I have allowed sinful habits, I've allowed sinful thoughts, I've allowed sinful things into my life that I need to ask for forgiveness for. And remember, some of those encumbrances, not necessarily sinful, right? But they keep us from the best story that God wants to tell for us. For some of you, that forgiveness takes the shape not only of just your personal prayer time with Jesus, but it takes the shape of a phone call to somebody you know you've hurt. It takes a one-on-one -on -one conversation over hot chocolate or coffee or something like that where you say, hey, I need to ask for forgiveness because I've acted this way. For some of you parents, it's going to your children. Some of you children, right? Some of you teenagers, it's going to your parents. And that forgiveness, what it begins to allow us to do is we can begin to picture victory, right? And so I early asked you, you know, um, if I don't stop, this is what it's going to look like. But maybe we start painting a different picture. If I do stop, what does my story look like? If I do stop, my marriage is restored. If I do stop, man, I've got this incredible opportunity to pour again into the lives of my children that I thought that I had lost. If I do stop, my witness is not compromised at work. If I do stop, my faith is emboldened as I follow Jesus differently. And then finally, and within our culture, this is more difficult just because of, I mean, we are independent American Christians, right? And we've got this, this whole drive within us of, of self-strength uh, self and all of that. I, I get that. But we really need to find accountability in our life. Because we're going to make decisions today here in just a minute. We're going to make decisions today of, I'm going to stop one thing. Whatever that one thing is, I'm going to stop. And then we walk from here and we never have anybody that we tell that we're attempting to do this and then we're going to fall by the wayside. We desperately need accountability within the family of God. 
And the church should be the best place for that, right? Because we're all redeemed, right? We're, and if we're not redeemed yet, we're going to be. And we're in that position where we're saying, God, we're not perfect. We want to walk forward with you. And so, Lord, help us to stop something. And I need a friend to come alongside me. I need a parent to come, my spouse to come alongside me so that I can be successful in this. So the question is, what is my one thing? What is my one thing? There's a space on your notes there. You can write down what you feel like God is speaking to you, challenging you on. Again, it doesn't have to be a sinful thing, but it probably is, at least in so many of our cases. It's something we look at and go, God, this is not lining up with what I know is right. And I shared with you last week, um, we have a church action item, and then we have the individual action item. So you guys ready for the church one? And some of you might leave at this point, but that's okay. It's going to be beautiful. All right, you ready to be challenged? Uh, go ahead and throw that slide up there. This is our church challenge. Right up there are lots of different social media platforms. If you don't see yours on there, it's because we didn't have room. <laughs> so don't use that as a, well, pastor didn't have it up there, so therefore God's not asking me to do this. Okay, so here's the challenge for us. Over the next seven days... Over the next seven days, don't be on social media. Right now, love is just oozing out right now from some of you, right? right? Don't be on social media. So our social media, right, can be a trap for us as we're trying to follow after the Lord. And here's the great thing, because it can give us a picture of what our reality can be, because it's so easy. Hey, I've been there right? Instagram. Flip, 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 flip. You're trying to, you're just looking through there and getting caught by uh, Facebook, right? You're on there and you catch a video, you click on the video kind of innocently, and all of a sudden there's another video that's equally as funny, and then there's another one right after that one that's super interesting, and then there's another one, and you just keep going and going and going, and pretty soon an hour has passed by. So you can get a picture of what reality can be, and as you're at like day six, you're like, this is incredible. I'm going to post something about how great it is to be off of social media. <laughs> right? Okay. So the challenge is for seven days to do that, to be off social media. Now, some of you, your jobs require you to be on social media. I totally get that. That's not referring to you, but on the outside and the times when you normally waste time. Yeah, and most of it's wasting time. Let there be a new reality in your life. And as a church, we're going to step off of social media for a week. So I'm not going to be posting anything, no Instagram posts. Uh, even as a church, we're not going to be up on Instagram and Facebook uh, during, this, uh, during this week, just saying, God, let us build, because strangely enough, our phones, actually there's a place you can dial and actually talk to humans. It's really incredible how that works. It's really great. That's what they were for. They were, okay, anyway, you get what I'm saying. Let's build those relationships where normally we would just be surfing the social media world. And then the second thing is this individual action item. Go ahead and stand to your feet real quick. What is the individual action item that you need to stop in order for you to create a new story that God wants to, uh, to build with you? We pray that today's message is a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.